Are you a professional woman who wants to create passive income streams and financial freedom through real estate investing? Join us here on Real Estate Investor Goddesses, hosted by Monique Holm. Listen to women who are rocking it in real estate investments as they share their stories of success, failures, and best advice in real estate investing. Start creating real wealth through real estate. Tune in today. Here's your host, real estate investor, syndicator, and developer, Monique Holm. Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast. I'm your host, Monique Holm. On this show, we interview badass, amazing real estate investing goddesses, these women that are crushing it in the real estate investing space who share their stories and their mistakes and their best advice for us. And I am so, so excited to have with us today, Dana Robinson, who is certainly no exception to the badass role. She's a registered nurse and she's had over 18 years of medical experience along with medical office management, has a background in ICU, critical care, and neurology. And in terms of her real estate investing, she is now in residential assisted living. So she's a co-founder of Lighthouse Personal Care Homes. And after earning her residential assisted living specialist certification through the Residential Assisted Living Academy, she's focused her efforts on becoming a memory care or dementia specialist. I'm super excited to have her talk more about this because this is such a huge trend in the real estate world and there's so much opportunity. You know, it's, it's going to be really fascinating. She's a student support success coach for Residential Assisted Living Academy. She's a virtual dementia tour certified trainer, a DACE coach, and a positive approach to care certified trainer. As an owner operator of a memory care home, she emphasizes education and support for her staff, the resident families, for local communities. I'm super excited to have her with us. Welcome, Dana. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate being here and looking forward to chatting with you for a little bit today. Likewise. So tell us, how did you get started in real estate investing? So as you mentioned, I do have a background in the medical field as a registered nurse. And my husband and I, we weren't married at the time, but we started dabbling in some house flipping. In that process, we were going to our local RIA meetings and we ended up hearing Jean Garino with the Residential Assisted Living Academy speak. And I was immediately blown away. I was like, wow, this is such a perfect blend of my nursing background and the residential house flipping. We could kind of blend that together. So to say that you have to have a medical background to do the assisted living is not true at all. It just, that's why it made sense to me so quickly. Of course, my husband at the time, he was like, oh, I don't know about this because he had more construction background and he was more into the house flipping and the acquisition and disposition of properties. So with that, we decided to go to the residential assisted living training. They do trainings throughout the year on, on how to do this. So we did that and we just jumped right in. It's kind of a funny story and how we got connected and decided to jump right into that. But we just went all into it. It really resonated with us. We really liked the idea of being able to help so many other people because as you know, we all have parents, we have grandparents. So we have seniors in our community and that they're just the numbers of people needing assistance with where they live is just growing. 
So we just really focused on how we could do this. We had family members ourselves that needed assistance with where they were needing to live, whether it was with dementia or falling, things like that. So it really resonated with us. And we followed that program. And then after going through all those steps, we then became support coaches and mentors for students to follow. And what they say that the teacher is the greatest student. So <laughs> you really start learning a lot more than you would on your own when you get to help other people. So that's kind of how we got started with the assisted living and just started educating ourselves and looking into more and more things that we could do in that field and into memory care and really specializing in memory care. That's amazing. So I want to break down a little of the, a few of the things that you said there. There's so much and so rich. So one of the things I heard, so you're on residential assisted living, and just to make sure we have no goddess left behind, residential assisted living, how would you define a residential assisted living facility? So we're all familiar with assisted living when I say we have seniors who are no longer able to live at home. And most of what we know of with assisted living is this very large institution like a nursing home or even just these big resort styles. So there's long hallways and it's not home. And we spend our whole lives living in our own homes. And then when we need just a little extra help, maybe going to the bathroom, maybe getting dressed, maybe meals being prepared for us, we're expected to go live in these really big places. I mean, I enjoy going on vacation and staying in a hotel from time to time, but I don't want to live there for the rest of my life. You know, we all go on vacation and we have a great time and then you get home. And I think every time we go out of town and that first night back and you lay in your own bed, oh, so nice to be home. So when we talk about residential assisted living, we're saying that our seniors don't have to be shipped off to these big facilities or these cold nursing home type facilities. These are just regular houses that are changed just a little bit to accommodate some of the things that our seniors need. So they might have hallways that are a little wider or doorways that are a little wider to accommodate maybe a wheelchair or a walker. And so we create a business inside of a residential home where we hire staff to help take care of people who just need a little extra help and truly deserve to have a living room and have a sit at a regular table and see somebody make a meal in a regular kitchen. So it's just allowing aging to be more regular and allowing families. So when my grandfather went into a big assisted living home, it yes, it took off that burden of we didn't, he lived with my mom before he went into the care home and she just couldn't care for him anymore. So at some point, most families try to bring their parent or their grandparent into their house. And it just changes that whole dynamic. If you have kids, if you have work, and we love our parents and we love our grandparents, but we're not meant to be their caregiver. It changes that relationship. So by creating these residential assisted living homes, we are allowing 
the seniors who have laid the foundation of our society. We have privileges today because of what our seniors accomplished. So it allows them to live in a house, in a home where they're comfortable, and it allows their children and their grandchildren to, or their spouses, to remain spouses and not caregivers. And then with the memory care, the dementia care, so that's oftentimes there'll be seniors that need more attention because of memory problems. What are the differences between the dementia memory care facilities and more typical residential assisted living? That's a really great question. And there's some very black and white differences. And then there's a whole lot of gray differences, right? Depending on your state or your local regulations, some states have very outlined differences in what you need to do. And it might be something like securing the home. So you might have to have locked doors to where people who have memory or conditions, whether it's dementia or just get lost and confused so they can't walk out the front door and get lost in the neighborhood. That might be one of your local requirements. Other places are a little more gray, so there's not as many differences there. It really is based on your local regulations. But in a very broad sense, it would be different types of interactions. So people with living with dementia respond differently. They react a little bit differently because of the changes that are going on in their brain. And I can tell you that the Alzheimer's Association says that every 65 seconds, somebody in the United States is developing Alzheimer's. And that's only one type of dementia one type of memory condition. So there's a huge need in our community for assisted living, but also for dementia. And the truth is that most of us don't look for assistance for our loved ones until we start noticing some of these memory and dementia behaviors. Yeah. You were saying that you don't need to have a medical background in order to do these houses. But it is a business. You're owning the property and you're operating the business that can be split up. So what are some of the things that if somebody is interested in pursuing this, what advice would you give around being the owner and the operator of this type of facility? So that's absolutely right. These are two different businesses, right? You own the property or you could find an investor to own the property. And then there's the business part of it. So those are two very distinct businesses. And you can choose to do both or you can choose to do one or the other. As far as my advice for somebody interested in this field, I would say surround yourself with people who are doing this. Obviously, I went through the Residential Assisted Living Academy, and I think not only because I'm part of the support team now, but when I was going through it, the support is phenomenal because it is professionally run. You are running a professional business, and you're doing something really, really good for the community. You're doing something really, really good for our senior population, but it is a business, and it can be a very profitable business if it's run well. And part of that is the service that you provide. So you definitely need to know how to do it and what to do it. So I would encourage anybody to look into training for it, look into if you want to do something, if you want to be somebody doing that thing, then you need to educate yourself and surround yourself 
with those people. Find a mentor, find an organization that is teaching it or doing it successfully. Yeah, I would say education is such an important part of real estate investing. You're going to get an education either way. You can do it on the front end where it's cheaper and not as painful. Or you can get an education in the front end. (laughs) But even with an education, I know that there are mistakes happen. So I want to ask you a question that I ask all of my guests, which is what was your biggest mistake in your real estate investing career? And what did you learn from it? Ooh, one big, big mistake. So I would say a really big mistake is focusing on one thing at a time, no matter what you're doing in real estate investing, whether it's assisted living, whether it's buy and hold, buy and sell, whatever it is. We all know that not every deal happens. Not everything goes through. So focusing only on one thing at a time makes that process so much longer because if it doesn't work out, we've wasted how many months of trying on this one project. So I would say make sure you have lots of irons in the fire. If you are looking for one project, maybe you need to have a few houses under contract or at least letters of intent while you do your due diligence and do your due diligence. (laughs) Don't do your homework in that process. So tell us the story. What happened to you that now you have this, you've learned from this mistake? What was the story? And that's one specific story. Focusing on one project at a time, we things always tend to take longer. So we were under contract on a project and at the end of the day, we were outbid at the last minute and it just wasted lots and lots of time. I mean, we months, it wasted some money because if you're going to be doing some renovations, you might have to hire an architect or an engineer for drawings. And as much as I'd like to say that we learned from one time of focusing on one project, <laughs> it was maybe number two that we learned that lesson because it's very easy to get fixated on one project because you fall in love with it. You get excited about it. So we had a project in Florida that we were focusing on and it took, I think we were in that project for about four or five months. And at the very last minute, local hospital, they came in and outbid us for the property. But lesson learned for them, they did not do their due diligence. So that property is just sitting there because what they wanted to do for it, there's not a big enough parking lot. So (laughs) maybe circling back and seeing if we can get it for less than what they got it for because they're paying property taxes. So that one, we ended up losing out and wasting five months of time because we weren't looking ahead and working on more than one project at a time. So that would be the big advice I have is keep pressing forward and don't put one iron in the pot and expect it to be the only one. Not everything works out. That's what you think. So that is good advice. If you fail, yeah. Keep on. Keep going. So I think not so many things that you can't focus, but enough so that if this one doesn't work out, then it might be that one. Or if that one doesn't work out, it might be that one. Yeah. So you have a variety of possibilities going at once. And what are you most proud of? Oh, do you mean personally? In your real estate investing. (laughs) Okay. I never expected to be investing in senior housing. And 
so I just so humbled when I realize how many lives I am impacting when we have a new resident move in and I find out that where they were previously were maybe considered having behavior issues and just educating my staff and the families and the communities that it's all about how we interact with those residents. And it, it can make such a difference, not just to that one person, but to their family and to the community. And just realizing that what I am doing is so much bigger than me and it's so much bigger than you. And just to truly be just a servant to a greater need. I love that. It's awesome. And what do you attribute your success? Perseverance. 100%. You definitely have to be able to balance and know when something isn't going to work, but not giving up on the bigger picture. So when you hit a roadblock, making sure that you turn it into an obstacle. So I like to say that failure is only failure if you quit and knowing how to overcome obstacles and knowing that things might not turn out the way we want them to in the moment, but everything always turns out the way it's supposed to. So being able to press forward and look at things from a positive light is why I think we're so successful in what we're doing and helping others be that. That's great. Beautiful. So what advice do you have for a woman who's just starting out in this field? My advice goes back to being persevering through. Don't quit. Don't give up. And surround yourself with education. There are podcasts out there. There are Facebook groups. There are people doing what you want to do. So when you visualize yourself being what you want to be, you have to surround yourself with people doing those things. Very good. And a couple of last questions before we get into our famed end of show trinity, which is our brag, gratitude, desire. What do you wish you'd known at the beginning that you now know? I would say to definitely get some legal advice when you are in the assisted living business. If you're doing residential properties, depending on the area, sometimes you have to get a property rezoned, or you might have to request a conditional use or a variance of some sort. In the beginning, we were very naive and thinking that this was such a wonderful thing for seniors and for the community. And we definitely underestimated some of the good old boy system that is in play politically. So I would definitely say that if anybody, not everybody has to educate their community when they want to bring this to where you are. Some communities are very encouraging for this. They recognize that there's a need and others aren't quite up to date on the growing NIMBYs. Right? <laughs> not in my backyard. Yeah. Yeah. Not in my backyard. So if you have to do any type of zoning or any kind of changes like that to make sure you have the right team. When I say legal counsel, that doesn't mean just any attorney to help you in that. I would say find someone that's done this before. Find somebody that knows the laws and knows your rights. Just because somebody is an attorney doesn't mean they know how to get this done for you in your best interest. 
Yeah, such good advice. And that's good advice, I think, with any team member. Because a lot of people think, oh, I need a lawyer or a CPA or a broker, or, you know, and that's probably the answer that all of those things are created equally. No, just having a doctor, it's like, yeah, that guy's a doctor. They can do my heart surgery. It's like, no, that's a podiatrist. <laughs> right, exactly. Find someone that one, who specializes the... in yeah, yeah. what Here's you the heart, Yeah. <laughs> You want the heart surgeon working on your heart surgery, just like you want the lawyer that knows how to get assisted living facilities Absolutely. entitled and that person working. So it's really important that you get the right person for the job that has that specialization just because they're a lawyer or just because they're like they could legally represent right. you. It doesn't mean that the breast did for that job. So that's really good advice. All right. So before we get into the Trinity, what is one way that people can get in touch with you if they want to find out more? So our website is lighthousepch.com. There's a contact page. They're welcome to email me directly at Dana, D-A-N-A, at lighthousepch.com. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Lighthouse PCH. All right. So now it's time for our Trinity. The Trinity is a brag, something you're celebrating, something you're grateful for, and something you desire. So what is your brag? So I have, like I said in the beginning, I really dove into becoming a memory care and dementia specialist. And I have recently received my certification to be a positive approach to care certified trainer, as well as a virtual dementia tour certified trainer. So I'm just really excited to bring those tools to the community, to our homes, and to lots of other residential assisted living owner operators that are interested in these special unique tools and experiences. I'm really proud to have uh, accomplished those certifications recently. It's so exciting. Well bragged. And what's one thing you are grateful for? I am very grateful for time. I think as uh, entrepreneurs, especially female entrepreneurs, I'm your classic mompreneur, right? <laughs> Where I get to work from anywhere in the world as you are now in a different country. <laughs> so, you know, that's really exciting that we get to be moms or travel or be anywhere and still be successful in our endeavors. Beautiful. And last but certainly not least, what's one thing you desire? I desire to just be able to help. My husband and I, we were talking the other day and people measure wealth by time or by, you know, if you have so many properties or lots of different ways to measure wealth. And we were talking about measuring wealth by how much we can give and mm -hmm. just impact and touch others. And I just am so humbled by the opportunity to be able to help others, not just the seniors that we're helping, but even our staff, just being able to support them and encourage them to grow where they are. And so that's just where how we recently were talking about how to measure our wealth by how much we can give. That's beautiful. All right. What is your desire? So... I was talking just the other day with my husband about how different people measure wealth. And some people measure it in their free time. Others 
might measure it in how many properties they have or how big their house is or what car they drive. And we were talking about measuring our wealth in the ability to truly give and help others. So just being able to help somebody at a a level greater than ourselves. Specifically, I recently have come across um, and become a part of the Second Wind Dreams program, which is in a nutshell, like make a wish, but for seniors. And one of the projects that we're working on is filling dreams of our residents. And one specific, we have a resident. He is a World War II veteran and loves this country and wants nothing more than to meet the president. So I am working on trying to arrange that, just get him a handshake with the president. So one thing that I would love to see happen is, so if anybody knows how to get me in touch with the president, please reach out to me because this he is a wonderful man and I would just love to make that wish come true for him. And so Your desire is to help your resident who's his desire, meet his desire. His desire is to meet the president. And I meet the president. You know, like I said, my husband and I were talking about measuring wealth by how much we can help others and how much we can give. And I would just love to be able to meet that dream for him and help. I mean, that would be the highlight of his life. Well, so shall your desire be or so much better than you can imagine. And if anyone listening out there has a connection to the President of the United States and can help make this happen for a very deserving uh, veteran, then let us know. And that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Dana. This was such a pleasure. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it. Again, if you want to connect with her, you can connect with her at lighthousepth.com. And you can connect with me at reigoddesses.com. And there you'll find information about, we talked a lot about education. So join us at our next Wealth Through Real Estate event. You can be surrounded by incredible women that are investing in real estate and learn how to get into this game. Also learn about our passive investing opportunities and all sorts of other goodies at reigoddesses.com. And subscribe and join us next time for another amazing real estate investor goddess interview. Bye-bye. You have just listened to another episode of Real Estate Investor Goddesses, a show dedicated to sharing stories of women creating real wealth through real estate. If you found value on what you just heard, feel free to share with your friends. Visit us at reigoddesses.com to learn more about our programs and live events as well as to access other resources. Until next time.